Hello and welcome to our live stream. We are, I'm talking to you from, uh, from actually Rio de Janeiro today at, at 11, uh, November 15th, 2020. And today we're talking about another chapter of Violets on the Window, chapter 22, about a hospital in heaven. Now, real quick, Patricia was a spirit. She died when she was 19. She was raised in a spiritist family. So she went to the spiritist center in the city of San Sebastian. And she's also now in the spirit colony, the celestial city of San Sebastian, uh, and much higher than this, the physical city of San, San Sebastian. So she has this book, we're on chapter 22. She's told us about what happened when she kind of woke up, how she was, you know, now she was learning about the spirit world, how she learned to volatate, meaning movement by thought, how she learned that she can clean herself by thought, she, she decides your clothes by thought. She also talked about, you know, needing less food. She just, she just really needs water and sunlight and air. So these are all things she's learning. She's been to earth a couple of times, talked to people, very exciting revelations from the spirit world. It's written, it's a very nice book. I recommend it. I have the link to the book and uh, to Amazon, but you can get it from your, I'm sure you can get it from your uh, local bookstore. They can order it for you. Uh, so I can't recommend it enough. So let's start with Violets on the Window, chapter 22, but the hospital in the spirit realm. So, Patricia said, I paid a visit to the laboratory where our friend Antonio works as a scientist and researcher. The laboratory, which is how he calls it, is in the back of the hospital at San Sebastian Colony. It is a big and impressive fa facility dedicated to the study and manufacture of med medications. The medications that produced were added to water to treat incarnates and discarnates alike. Typically, typically all colonies have their own laboratories and research facilities. There were six students working with Antonio and like him, they felt a great deal of tenderness and love for the establishment. So let me stop there for a second and talk about research. And she's talked about medicines for, for incarnates and discarnates, what's that? Well, let me bring some context in there. They actually will, will think about medicines to help people on earth and they will inspire, they'll inspire other people, uh, physical the incarnates to help invent or, or discover these types of medicines so they help people on earth. So that is a very uh, in, important contribution to spirit world. It's always paying attention to us and it's always with us and worried about us. And actually some of the, uh, one of the, the messages, the communications from spirits, when he was talking about, it was early in this year I had, I think it was around February or March, I have a YouTube video on it, talking about the uh, pandemic we have. And they were saying that they were researching uh, of how, you know, ways that they can they can help this pandemic. Now, to go over the pandemic for a second. One of the things is don't be afraid of it. I mean, do what your government tells you to, but it's it spreads so rapidly that nothing's going to stop it, is what they, in essence, said. It's going to, the people who are more spiritual have more defenses against it, although there are some people that are, Prearranged, predetermined to leave life a little, to leave life what we think would be early, but they were predetermined at this point in time, and it may be the virus that does it. But that's because they're being taken off the earth, taken to the spirit spirit world, 
train and they'll come to the they'll come back to the earth in a pretty rapid manner. So that's the one thing about understanding spiritism is you should have no fear of death because all death is death is really a release. It is freeing ourselves of this dense body and it's freeing ourselves so we can go in the spirit world, we can volatilize, we can move by thought, we can we can um, create by thought. There is passages I talk about it in uh, in my book, Spirits and Spirit Universe, on how they're educated, right? So that you know, Reverend G. Val Owen's mother and a group of, of friends were given the assignment to create a statue of an elephant on a pedestal, and they all got together and they thought about the elephant. And of course, she said the elephant came out all strange. Part of it was statue, part of it was live elephant. Some parts were bigger. Some was like African or Indian or a, a woolly mammoth, right? And they found out that they they really needed to think together and you know pull their thoughts and be on the same same page before they created with their thoughts. So it just shows you some of the revelations that are coming uh, from us from the, the doctrine of Spiritism codified by Alan Kardec in 1850s. So if you really are interested in Spiritism, and I actually recommend everyone to read this book, The Spirits Book by Alan Kardec. Also, I also recommend, before I forget, please subscribe, hit the bell, hit the like buttons, and of course, if you subscribe, you'll be notified when I have my live stream. And don't hesitate to ask questions as I'm going on. I'll answer them as I you know, find a break of what I'm saying in that particular discourse. So I'd love to have questions. So anything you'd like, let me know. So I also have the Spirits Book. If you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see the playlist called the Spirits Book. I have the whole Spirits Book in audio format. I also have it, of course, on my website, nwspiritism.com. You can download it in MP, uh, I think, M4A or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, format that's just like the uh, Apple audiobooks. So you can skip chapters. You can go back and forth and remember where you were. I also have it in MP3 format. So I have the Spirits book all there in multiple formats for you. And, of course, if you want to read it and have, you know, you can get it free on PDF or you can get it on if you go and hit the picture of Alan Kardec on my website on the right-hand navigation page, they'll take you to a Spiritist bookstore, and you can order it from them. It's actually cheaper than if you had ordered it from Amazon.com, but you can order it there, too. So I just want to make sure everyone knew that. Let's carry on with Patricia. So then she entered the laboratory, and, and he said, Now, Patricia, play, pay co close attention and don't bump into anything. And while showing me around, he explained that they devised formulas for new types of medicines. At the time of my visit, they were busy working on a new, more efficient compound to detoxify discarnate spirits addicted to drugs. The addicts undergoing treatment stayed in a wing near the laboratory. Antonio and his colleagues worked and studied very hard. They love what they do. Many incarnates erroneously think that spirits do not work or study or do research. How merciful God is for not giving idleness to us discarnates. And of course, that's absolutely true. In fact, in the Spirits book, when Alan Kardec said, you know, so what's, you know, what's heaven like? And the Spirits told him, well, it's not the Elysian's field where we're idle all the time because that would be hell. Can you imagine that? You know, if anyone's been like on a beach vacation or a relaxing vacation, um, some people are like this, but I swear, I'm sure many people are. You can relax for maybe a day or two. For me, it's like only an hour. But then it's like you've got to do something. So imagine if you had in front of you eternity of doing nothing. 
right? So in the clouds playing your harp or something. No, that would be horrible. You you are intellectually challenged. There's always new things to discover. There's new things to do. There are friends that are on your safe wavelengths because of the law of affinity. Puts like with like. It is it is a place where if you if you ever read any uh, near death experiences where when people have a near death experience and they go to heaven, it's you know invariably the spirit says, okay, it's time for you to return. Well, I don't really want to return because it feels so good, comfortable here. Nope. Come on, you you have duties. And you sign up for it. So I give them a little push. So anyway, that's heaven is a wonderful place. And as the Bible told us that those are those who do good and sacrifice themselves in this life are rewarded a hundredfold when they go to heaven. And that's repeated over and over again in spiritist literature. So she goes, she asks Antonio, is this medicine good for any detoxifying disgruntled uh, spirits? He says, well, that's the main focus of our research. We're saddened to see these brothers and sisters suffering so horribly, but nothing prevents us from extending our treatments to incarnates as well. Then what do you do so that incarnates may benefit from these medicines? And he said, well, every time we discover a new medicine, a new treatment formula, we pass it on to hardworking incarnated professionals and their peers. Rescue workers working in addicts can also administer it to them. So, as I said before, when... They discover something new that can help a physical person. They will inspire. They'll inspire professionals working with in the same vein, right? The same type of, of formulating new medicines, and they'll help them give, you know, to, you know, as new thoughts and new discoveries. You know, like little the light bulb goes on and goes, well, "I'll try this," and actually, their new discovery was really put there by a spirit. Now, so then. She said, I was fascinated by this place of studies and research. I also had the opportunity to visit Antonio Carlos's home, his corner, as he calls it. He was so kind to invite me and to take me there. He lives with one of his daughters in a lovely house. We were received cheerfully. The colony where they live is as beautiful and pleasant as San Sebastian. Actually, I think all the colonies are wonderful. So, of course, now he didn't live in San Sebastian. He lived in another colony, of course. The commute is pretty fast because you, you go by the speed of, of thought, right? Now, some people in this lower colony in San Sebastian haven't learned that, so they kind of go through air buses and other vehicles. But when you are taught and you learn about this, then you, you're able to, to go just by the speed of your, your mind. And remember, the speed of light is not a speed limit in the spirit world. It's the speed of thought because really what you're doing in the spirit world, and as Patricia told us, which, excuse me, when she talked about all the houses and buildings, and you know, her grandmother told her that this is a logical construct, right? This was created by thought. Excuse me. <coughs> this was created by thought. So when you think about volatation, where you're moving by thought, really what you're doing is you're traversing kind of the universal matrix cloud and changing your state. So here is, is Antonio. He was, in, he was at the state, at the location of San Sebastian. And when he wants to volatate to his other colony, 
he thinks of his other colony and 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 instead of actually traveling distance he changes his state and that's you know you, you may want to think about it. you can think about distance because you can also volatate and kind of see how things change as you think you're you're covering ground but it's a lot like a video game right where you're an avatar and you're moving from a city and then you say okay i'm going to move i'm going to walk from the city and go you know go to this other city then you see the 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 little avatar walking a road or taking a train or a boat whatever but actually all that's doing is the software behind it is changing the state of the of the scenery behind him kind of like it really the way it is it shows you it's a bit disconcerting maybe to some people but it's also completely uh, freeing because you are what you think. Now there's limits to that because you're you're um, it, you know you have other people's thoughts. You have superior spirits who have created these these logical constructs that will exist there even if you don't want them to exist because they have that superior level and superior will and focus of work. But it's you within this boundary you have just uh, amazing powers. And then of course, when you think of the amazing powers you have, and you go higher and higher, you're giving more power and more tools in your toolbox. You really begin to understand why we go through what we do on earth to make us perfect spirits. Because would you want some, some, you know, bad person who's angry and jealous and revengeful having that power? No, that's why they're not allowed anywhere near heaven. That's why they're in the lower zone or below. Those spirits can't go beyond their lower. They, if you're at a level, you can go that level or below. So that's why, you know, we, many of us go through a tough time on earth. It's to change our attitude and our character so we become better people. And the reason we need to become better people is for us to work with almost unlimited power. So you don't really want it any other way. Let's carry on. So since he talked, she talked to um, uh, his daughter, which is New Zealand. He says, dad is never here. New Zealand said, he says he lives here, but he only comes to visit. Cause then we laughed happily. So Antonio Carlos's corner is, is a room in the house with a shelf crowded with books, a desk, a chair and a small sofa. This is the place where I write most of my books. He explained, I come here almost only to write. Don't you write at the writer's house? Yes, I have a room over there as well. I keep myself very busy, thank God. So she said, Antonio Carlos is an extremely appreciated person, cheerful, educated, and unpretentious. It was a very enjoyable trip. Mauricio had to do some work at the hospital and took me with him for a visit. A hospital is always a hospital. It is not meant to be cheerful, but neither is it a place for sadness. Rather, it is a place for hope. Hospitals at the colonies are usually very large. This one was no exception. It was enormous. In fact, usually there's only one hospital in small and medium-sized colonies, but there are, are always big ones since there are so many imprudent souls. Large colonies have many of them distributed among their municipalities. The authorities at the colonies pay much attention to the well-being and spiritual health of everyone sheltered there. Authorities, yes, because in all places, even in the spiritual plane, there is someone responsible who guides and administers everyone's hospital. So he told us a lot of stuff. So let's unpack that. First, there are hospitals. And they said, yeah, because of the of the of the you know the kind of the, 
the sickness of people who come to these colonies. So the colonies she's visiting are just at the first levels of heaven. And people go there who, who are good people. They may have been people rescued from the lower zone or below who've, who've been addicted to alcohol or drugs. And although physically they don't need that alcohol or drugs, actually they physically don't even need food per se, but their mind thinks it does. And of course, and they don't yet quite understand the power of their thoughts. So if they think they need it, then they need it. And it's not like it's not like there's a chemical in the brain that says that causes the brain to to desire something like we on the physical brain. It's it's no, there's no physical reason whatsoever for them to actually feel like they're in withdrawal. It's all in their mind. And that they so they help them with that. Now she talked about authorities. So yes, there are people in charge of colonies. There's a, and they're actually talking in about No Solar, which is you can read a lot about in the book called No Solar by the spirit Andre Luis, talks about the governor of the colony. And no Solar is pretty big. It's, I think he says there's probably over a million spirits that are in that um, No Solar colony. And they have a governor, they have like 72 ministers. So I think there's 12 departments and each department has um, ministers working for them. I could be wrong on that. And there was like, there's amazingly enough, there's like 30,000 people in security. So I mean, so when they talk about security, it's not like, not like police walking the streets. It's people that go out with these uh, expeditions in the lower zone to help people to bring them back. It's it's them to kind of go, there's actually a wall around Nosolar because it's so close to, and maybe even part of the lower zone, the top level of the lower zone that spirits try to get into the city. So, and there's all these things and there's water departments, right? There's departments that, that handle the water. Of course, and of course in the celestial city, the water is very important. In fact, you can see when she talked to Antonio talking about things to put in the water is they put in this extra energy and other things in the water. Because really when you drink the water, that's almost all the nutrients you need to keep the water um, with all sorts of extra force and power and crystal clean. There's also a, uh, a, a, passage in one of the spirits sent to the Reverend G. Bowen, where they talk about a water and like in one river, kind of you, you go to this river, you drink the water and you, you feel better, you, you feel more in harmony. And so there's a lot of things they can do to add, you know, different, you know, different effects upon a spirit within water. But to get back to the main point is a city, like a city on earth has groups, departments, people working, you know, People, you know, with thoughts, making sure everything is runs well. There's like the reincarnation, you know, department where you plan for your body, you you you, you plan your blueprint for your life. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things. There's the there's the ministry of, of elucidation where they're talking about how to talk to people from Nosolar down to earth. So there's there's in there's everything you think and more that you have in a, in a city on earth to a city in heaven. Now, the big difference is everything's perfect, or you know, what we think is perfect, and to them it's not perfect yet because it's higher and higher to go. But everything's clean, the people are nice, there's you know, you, you don't get old, you don't you never lose your job, you don't have to worry about money. So those are wonderful things. Now, I one of the when I first read about this, and I was reading in um, No Solar, and the spirit Henri Luis wanted to go to a lecture. And he said, oh yeah, I know I have to get permission to go to a lecture. 
And I thought to myself, well, you know, okay, already there's bureaucracy and people are telling us what to do. And then I read in another great book, uh, Memoirs of a Suicide, where this one spirit wanted, he just got there like within a couple of weeks and he wanted to go back and make sure his family was okay from that hospital in the lower zone that was helping suicides. And so he said that he's going, he was going to demand from the manager of the hospital that he, he'd be allowed to do what he wanted to. And uh, Camilo Broncos is a brilliant writer. I wish I could be anywhere as good as he um, said he girded himself to talk to a, a bureaucrat just like he, uh, he would talk to a bureaucrat in, in the physical world. Of course, when he got there, the, you know, the governor of the hospital was this most nice, humble person. And he said, look, I'm just a humble ignorant person just like anyone else i'm still learning but i really recommend that you don't go down to earth you're not ready for it of course this guy said no i want to go and so they let him and it was horrible for him it was the worst thing he could have done for himself but that's another kind of aspect i think that you need to think about in the spirit world if you're that stubborn and you said no i really want to do this i'll go okay well maybe you'll learn something and they let them make a big mistake. But that's all about learning because you have free will. And so if you wanted to go, they'll do it. They'll try and, and counsel you saying, that's not a great idea. Um, but they did anyway. So one of the things I think I've learned in this life, I hope I've learned, I hope I take it over with me, the spirit world, is for me to be more humble and not think I know everything and really to believe that I know almost nothing. And that when the spirit world recommends something, for you, then I think you should greatly appraise it and know that that's probably better advice than you could give yourself because it's coming from people who are um, superior in experience and knowledge and wisdom than you are. I mean, if you look at uh, Chico Xavier, the late great uh, Brazilian medium who died in 2002, you know, one time he was signing books and his name, his name is Chico, and he signed a book, and this woman bought the book, and she, she got out of line, and she was walking out, and she looked at the book, and it said Cisco. Now, Cisco in Portuguese means like a grain of sand, like a little speck, right? And she goes back and she goes, Chico, why did you sign this book, you know, Cisco? And he goes, well, that's how I feel. That he, you know, that he's just a grain of sand in this huge spiritual universe. And, of course, that's really how we should all, you know, don't, don't I'm not saying make ourselves feel little or inconsequential, because each grain of sand is important and consequential. But put ourselves in the right perspective that there's this whole world out there, and there's so much for us to learn, and that we shouldn't think we know it all. There's so much more, and there's so many levels to go ahead. In fact, I had someone write me the other day, and they said, well, you know, when you're talking about these levels above the earth and then levels beyond that, I mean, how many levels are there? Or, you know, after you have to become a pure spirit, or is there more levels after pure spirit? And I answered him. I said, I don't know. I said, the spirits who've talked about this says they don't know. They think that there is more levels than they have any understanding of it, and that there's actually, as you go up, things change in the dimensions, right? Yeah, there's no time in the spirit dimensions, but, you know, uh, what you think is, is, you know, thought is action. It goes, but then there could be other dimensions and other universes that have 
you know, expanded, right? Expanded whatever. He goes, who knows? You know, it, as far as they know, it goes on a long, long time. And that, of course, being immortal, you've got plenty of time to explore it. That's what's waiting for you. That's what's waiting for you if you study spiritism, study your spirituality. You don't need to study spiritism, but I recommend it because it gives you a context of what you're working in. Because spiritism really gives to you a understanding of why you're on earth, an understanding of why you're sacrificing, why you're going through trials and tribulations. It's not because anybody wants to punish you. It's because you're being educated. It's all for a purpose. It's not just chaotic mess. And when you die, it's not the end of everything. It's just one more step. So let me get back to Patricia because I've gone on long enough. So Mauricio loves hospitals. They are a kind of home for him. The children's hospital is located at the Learning Center, and it is as attractive and simple as the other. It is also very big. It is occupied by children and youngsters during rehabilitation. Usually, it means rehabilitation, meaning that when they passed over from the physical life to the spirit life. Usually, children recover sooner because they do not have deep-rooted illnesses and reflexes from their carnal bodies are weaker. They get well quickly. The hospital I was visiting this time was for adults only. We stopped at the wing occupied by patients in better condition. Mauricio said I would have enough time to become acquainted with the entire place later and the rest would have to wait. This hospital was surrounded by gardens and flower beds with comfortable benches where convalescing patients could sit and talk. The front of the hospital was impressive with its big pillars. It was painted white and light beige. At the entrance, there's the usual reception area for information about residents and staff. And then Patricia asked, Marissa, do you live here? He goes, no, I have my little corner on earth at the Spiritus Center's rescue station. I work both here and there. So let's talk about the hospital. Big and impressive. Actually even had an entrance. There's this great, one of the books that I don't remember the name by Chico Xavier. Put it in the comments. Oh, well, thank you. It is that these two spirits died. They kind of knew each other kind of because they were at a hospital, both getting um, a surgery. And they wake up in this, in like in this um, uh, convalescent home. And they go, well, where's my, where's my family? Because, well, you know, they're not here yet. Just wait. And they both like, well, where's the doctor? You know, I feel great. I can't believe the surgery was successful. And they go, well, that's good. And they kind of walk around. And to make a long story short, it, it and they were, it, you know, they were both like perfectly healthy, which, yeah, come on, after a major surgery, both of them had surgery. And it seemed like their family hadn't come yet. They finally, you know, someone I tell them, look, you are passed over. You're in the spirit world. And they didn't even know it. Of course, this happens all the time. And um, so these people, a lot of them were just like, you know, you wake up. So just know that if you wake up and you feel really good and everything's perfect, and no one's asking you for your credit card because you're in, in hospital, right? Because <laughs> you know, that's the United States. First thing they ever want is that money. Well, if no one cares about money, you're probably in you're in the spirit world. So you know, keep that in in on the in the back of your mind. So goes the hospitals, many wards or wings or pavilions. In this particular colony, these divisions were called wings. I say in this particular colony because the terminology varies from place to place. Each wing is identified by letters and numbers, A, B, C, one, two, three. 
The living quarters for some of the residents are in the rear of the right wing. The infirmaries are large rooms, near, neatly kept and with baths. Not all are the same size. Some are a bit larger, others smaller. In addition, there are infirmaries for males and females. So it's all about the hospital and the spirit world in this colony. Beyond the reception area, there is a worship or prayer room where each patient prays according to the religion he or she followed when incarnated. It is simply furnished with chairs and the walls are white without decorations. The floor in front of the room is raised about 10 centimeters and the counselors use this area to pray aloud at predetermined times of the day. Many patients also use this raised area to visualize altars, images, oratories, etc. They visualize whatever pleases them to serve as a reminder of the places where they used to worship. There is a considerable amount of vital cosmic energy in this room, which benefits those who pray. So when she says that, there is responsive energy. So when someone is praying, that responsive energy is probably plugs in to what that person is thinking and then, and then um, helps create the image of what they're thinking in front of them. The spirit world, the, the things that they can do because think think of all think of think of this person going into this area and they're actually swimming in the sea of data but the data is communicating with the data and within their character and their personality because that's what we are we're encapsulated personality when we're a spirit with a pair of spirit meaning that it's covering us to make us look like we were when we were, we were physically human is then is then is there and it's there to pick up anything what they're thinking about as far as in their spiritual manner it picks it up and it it then probably queries a little bit more and then it creates a visualization of what they want even though they may not be strong enough to do that themselves it's there for them so there's so many of these things that just are amazing data connections and queries and um, functions that, you know, I'm sure there's so much more than, than I even know or could understand. She says there's also a small library for use by the patients across from the prayer room. The hospital workers offer to the patients who want to read them in indoctrination books as well as the gospel. Unfortunately, there are so many patients being treated one at any one time, yet the length of their stay is entirely dependent on their individual efforts. Mauricio explained to me that there was in each wing while I followed him around. When we entered one of the infirmaries, we heard a continuous murmuring sound. It was the patients talking amongst themselves. As we walked in, everyone kept quiet and looked lovingly at Mauricio. He moved from bed to bed, dispensing love and care and attention to each one. He took the time to talk, smile, and encourage and explain, explain things to them. I stood by his side, observing him attentively. When we left their first ward, I asked, why did they stop talking when you came into the room? Because maybe because I know I, they know I will give them love and attention. Why didn't you try and help me? Because I will try, I will try, Mauricio. Does the hospital receive many visitors? And he said, groups of students and people like you who want to learn more visit the hospital quite frequently. The patients look forward to having company and are grateful for any visit. Most of them can receive visits from friends and relatives at specific days and times. So then she said the next infirmary was for females, and I started helping right away. I tucked people in bed, asking how they felt, etc. They felt better just by having someone listen to their complaints and show concern for their pains. I visited five infirmaries within Mauricio that day, and I felt tired afterwards. It was the first time I felt tired in the colony. So let's talk about feeling tired in the colony. Let me finish the other, other paragraph. 
He goes, Patricia, that's enough, Mauricio said. You helped me a great deal today. I'm proud of you. You feel rest, you'll feel rested very soon. We spend so much energy when we work with sick people. Go home, eat, and practice some exercise to regain your strength. And Patricia said, don't you feel tired? He goes, no, Patricia, I've had too many years of experience and much more knowledge than you have. You'll learn with time. As I said, you've already helped me a great deal today. So spirits can be tired. They can, be, they can become frazzled. Now, there are, when I go about my book, How Spirits Guide Us, what, what happens is that, let's take an example, spirits coming to earth is very, um, is very exhausting for them. You're, you're swimming in the sea of, of, of primitive emotions, negative thoughts, and you're dealing with difficult people, right? You're dealing with us. And so they have, there's, there's temples and rest areas in the spirit world where these people will go. And then they'll go to this like temple and they'll have like light therapy, water therapy. They'll have, you know, these things that rejuvenate you, that re-instill energy back into you. So you're really, you're taken to this like spirit spa when you have hard missions and you're part of a team going down to earth, right? And helping people and helping, you know, helping other spirits. You, they, they become mentally, not physically, but they become mentally tired and they need to have, you know, to be rejuvenated. And so I actually talk about that in my book, How We Are Guided by Spirits, book three of Spiritism, The Spirit World Revealed to an Anglican Vicar. So it does happen. So you're, it's not like you're this ball of energy that never turns off. You, you are have a lot of energy, but even then it's, it's exhausting helping, especially with the people that are just absorbing absorbing your positive energy. And of course, this is with people in the hospital here in the spirit colony and when you go down to earth. So then she said, I knew Mauricio was just trying to be nice, but his words made me happy anyway. He walked with me to the exit, then he went back inside, silly, still having much to do in there. Every time I did something useful, I felt euphoric and contented. I thought to myself, if dad finds out about this, he'll be happy and my mother will think it's great. Now her dad's a spiritist and her mother's a spiritist too. In fact, he was, I think, high administration or the leader of the spiritist center uh, in San Sebastian. So, you know, she was well prepared. I wish I was well prepared. Hopefully my next life, I'll have parents who are spiritist. So I, I won't go for, you know, almost 50 years being selfish and sarcastic type of person not very spiritual. Hopefully I'll learn earlier next time. So then she said, I walked home slowly and joined the people passing by in the street sites. It was so pleasant to walk around the colony. By the time I arrived, I was already rested and feeling fine. The next day I was going to a meeting at the school where I worked. I cannot believe how that job filled me with so much joy. Talking with my coworkers, friends gave me a sense of security and contentment. Besides, I was curious about the reason for the meeting. So that was the end of chapter 22, the hospital. And it's just a fascinating thing. There's Patricia writing from uh, the viewpoint of an immature spirit. Now, you might say, okay, well, how can Patricia, 19 years old, be an immature spirit? She lived life after life after life. She should be a wise old spirit. Well. She probably doesn't remember much of her past life at this point in time. You're only allowed 
you're only allowed knowledge, intimate knowledge, you know, because you, you have the capability of microsecond by microsecond, reliving any part of your life, past lives as you want. I don't, not, you know, completely far back, but at certain some level. But what they do for a lot of spirits is they keep you in your, the context of what you were physically in your last life for a while until you are mature enough, spiritually mature enough to understand your past lives. So let's take Camino Bronco as, as an example in writing the members of suicide. He had been in the spirit's hospital for years. He had no memory of his past lives. Of course, because the spirit world said, no, eh, you're not ready for that. But then they took him and said, oh, look, for you to understand why you committed suicide, let's look at your past lives. Now, Camino Bronco committed suicide because when he was uh, older, 60 something, I forgot what, he was going blind because of syphilis. Back then they couldn't cure it. He, I think he killed himself 1899 or 1890, somewhere around that time. There's no cure for that then. And so they said, okay, you gave up hope, you committed suicide because you're going blind. Why did you have to go blind? They took him to this room. They had all the students' room, and each student had, had to go through this process. And believe me, it was not, it was nerve-wracking for these poor guys. They're put in this chair, and they had like screens all around them. And what it did is it brought in their life. And it's more, it was more than a a 3D movie. It was like everyone in, in the audience was there was part of his life, like kind of looking outside. And he went through his life. In fact, Camino Bronco was actually, you know, in Jerusalem when Jesus was carrying the cross. And he says, he says, I was the, like the worst person ever. I had a withered arm because I had to leave Gaul because I did something bad. I, I would have thrown rocks at Jesus as he went by, but I was afraid if I hit the Roman soldiers, they'd punish me. I yelled insults at his mother, Mary. So imagine here he was at the Legion of Mary Hospital. I mean, this is the embarrassment you get when you really look at your past lives. But it gets worse. So they said he went to his lives. And he was always kind of, you know, in Spain and Portugal, maybe France. He was always in that, you know, close to the Iberian Peninsula. And then he was incarnated into a poor but noble family. But it was dirt poor, right? It happens a lot. His father, this is during the time of Spanish Inquisition, his father you know, said, no, you've got to work the land. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Benny fell in love with this beautiful cousin of his who their family had enough money to educate her. And of course, he had to go to a church and ask the, the priest there to educate him. Very smart. Now, he wanted to marry this woman, but this woman said, no, no, I'm going to marry this, this other guy. He's, you know. And she wasn't mean about it at all, but he was successful and a dashing man compared to Camino Bronco. So he was full of revenge and hate against her and her new husband. He said, look, I'm not going to sit here on the farm. His dad had died. He, said, he didn't care about it. He went into the priesthood and went into the Spanish Inquisition. He said, I was great for them. They loved me because I did anything they wanted. I arrested people. I tortured people. I did horrible things. So... But then one day he saw this lady and he followed her and then he saw her husband. And then he invited himself over to their house. Now, you have to look at this. And, he, and they couldn't say, no, we don't want you here. The husband had been fighting in the Spanish Netherlands, which was under Protestant influence, right? So they suspected anybody even close to Spanish Netherlands because you're in touch with Protestants. 
they knew they couldn't just kick him out because he was a member of the Spanish Inquisition. He could do anything he wanted. So he kept trying to seduce this old, you know, his old uh, fling. And she said, no, I'm not doing it. So he said, okay. But then he saw that one day they knew he was trouble and they were going to try to flee. But he, he found out about the plan and he had the husband arrested. So then he tortured them. He was terrible. And, he, and then he kept trying to seduce the woman. She said, no, no, no. And then finally he took her to the cell where he was and she saw what state he was in and she gave herself to him. Of course, he never loved him. He kept, you know, I kept wanting that, but she just kind of gave herself to him passively. And he said, okay, I'm tired of this. I'll give you your husband back. Oh, no, thank you. He goes, but what I didn't say is I gave your husband back whole. So when he gave her husband back, he actually gouts out his eyes with red hot irons. And she got her husband back, but blind. Of course, weeks later, the husband committed suicide. He just couldn't take it. Now, this is what Camilo did. So when people ask me, and they say, oh, why am I punishing my life? I mean, these are the trials and tribulations are horrible. And I, I try to tell them the story like, this Camilo Bronco, hot pokers, you know, put hot pokers in, in a guy's eye. And, and, and his, his lesson he had to go through was to be blind at an older age with syphilis. Is that the most subtle lesson you could get? Does he actually deserve only that punishment? You know, and so part of some of our minds know, but that's how the spirit world works. If you're having a really harsh trial, I'll tell you what the reason of that is. The spirit world will always try to teach you your lessons very subtly. They'll say, eh, I don't think you should do this. Now, us being humans, we're like, no, I'm going to do it because I want to. That's, that's my desire. And so they'll give you another lesson, maybe a little bit more you know, distinct, direct. And then, of course, being humans, we probably still ignore it because we want what we want. Then they'll give you the really hard lesson that will just knock you on your butt, right? Make you think about what you've done. And if you've had that type of lesson, it's because you didn't listen before. That's why it, how it works. Now, maybe not all the time. I'm sure there's exceptions. There's always exceptions to whatever I'm saying here. I try to speak in generalities. I don't know anything specifically. I, don't, I can only accumulate everything I've read in books and mediums meetings. I'm not a medium, right? I just sit in the back. But I'm just trying to give you general direction. So don't take anything I say as perfect gospel. But I would think generally that if something is really just knocked you for a loop, you better think about what you've done and how that felt because that is most probably close to what you've done to someone before and by the way how do you feel about that you don't like that do you and the lesson to, to learn from this is don't do that to anybody else again the lesson not to learn is i want to get revenge no that's the consider that person who did that horrible thing to you just as an actor in the play that was given that part for you to learn your lesson. There was nothing against you. It's just, you know, and feel sorry for that person because that person, he or she, is meant to learn their lesson. So anyway, uh, to, to um, wrap this up, I just would recommend everyone, I think the more you learn about these things, the better off you are. In fact, here's one of the books I talked about in previous lessons is The Problem is the Solution 
seven life complications sent to test and teach you. And that tells you, you know, different bad marriages, bad career, losing money, um, you know, everything almost all of us have gone through is what's the cause of that, how you should process that information. And that's the great thing about spiritism is it really gives you a foundation of knowing where you're at, why things happen, right? The world appears chaotic and cruel, but it's 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 more of an educational atmosphere. And yes, it appears chaotic and cruel to us because we don't see the whole picture, right? We see good bad things happening to good people and go, well, that's injustice, that's horrible. And we see bad people like get away with murder, right? Living in having yachts and living in mansions. And like, oh, this is not fair. Well, you gotta see, you gotta see the whole thing. Those those I, you got to pity those people who are not good living in mansions because their next life is not is it's, it's going it, it's karma right it's things are going to be paid right there's a price every action has a reaction and those good people that had terrible things happen to them most probably they said I want that to happen to me I want to learn that lesson I want to pay for that past wrong they signed up for that if they're really good people I can almost guarantee you not hundred percent that they said, this is the life I want. I want this to happen to me. In fact, in one of the books by Hugo Xavier, he was in the reincarnation platform, and they looked at a picture of a, a, his, a, a man's body. And the guy who was designing the body, what was gonna to happen to him, said, do you see that little spot, in the sigmoid loop in the intestine? He goes, at that spot, he's gonna have a really painful ulcer there when he's about in his 40s. And Andre Lewis said, why? Because, well, in his previous life, he stabbed someone in that same spot. And that's how he wants to pay for it. So he will feel that pain, what that stabbing pain felt like, because that person asked for that. So hopefully that gives you some, some perspective. That's why I say, you know, read about spiritism, understand it, because it will really tell you about your own life. And what I'm hoping it does is it makes you less stressed. It makes you less worried about the ups and downs of life because they're all there. It's all, you just have to kind of laugh about them. And that's why I, mean, I really recommend my book, How to Live in a Peace of Spiritualism, because it tells you how to spiritually ascend, how to adjust your, your thinking, your personality, and your character to get yourself ready for really living on this planet and in the spirit world and making yourself ready when we move to a planet of regeneration. Anyway. I want to thank everyone. I want to say God bless everyone tonight. And please visit me. Please subscribe. Hit the bell so you're notified when I live stream. It's every Sunday and Tuesday. And I will see you uh, soon. God bless.